ladies and gentlemen, boys and second class citizens, <laughs> welcome to episode 53 of the Spearhead Sunday's fucking podcast. And you know what? I am feeling great because I've been, I've had the most productive week. Do you know what I did? Do you know what I did? This is what I did. I've started my old routine of what I used to do. I fell out of it, but I'm back into it, right? I have started getting up at six in the morning every fucking day. Actually, there was one day where I got up at 7.30 because I was out until one in the morning doing a show. But every other day, I think that's reasonable. You need your fucking sleep, right? I'd rather wake up at seven than wake up at six with two hours sleep feeling like a fucking zombie. But I've been getting up at six in the morning every day, and you know what? It's the fucking best. It's the best shit ever. You get up at six, and you're awake before everybody else, and you you're just like, oh my god! It's like you know in the movie Step Brothers when they move the bed, and like there's so much room for activities. It's like that, but with your time. <laughs> there's so much more time for activities, and you know it's 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 great, man. Like you get up at, you get up at six, and just just by doing that. You already feel more productive than most people. And and even with, with nothing to back it up, like like you can get up at six in the morning, get out of bed, and then do fuck all, and you still feel like you achieved something because you got up at six. So this is what my what my schedule's like now, right? So I wake up at I, I wake up at six in the morning and then I, I, I work and I, I eat and I write until nine, because that's when most cunts are at work, right? I'm blessed enough to not have a job. Um and then when it hits nine, I go to the gym because, you know, at six in the morning, every, all the other uh, super productive people, they're at gym. So I got to wait until nine because I hate the fucking gym with other people. It's the worst shit ever. You got you to gotta wait for the squat rack. That's the worst shit. Like you, you'll rock up to the gym. You've listened to your amp up music, right? When you've walked there or driven there or whatever, you listen to your music, you get ready. You're like, I'm going to, I'm going to squat 80 today. I'm going to fucking smash my personal record. I'm going to, I'm going to smash it out of the park. You get, you're all ready to, to fucking bench or whatever. And then you get in the gym and then there's some cunt who's like three times bigger than you are and who's, who's 10 years older than you. And you walk up to the squat rack and you go, Hey man, uh, how many sets do you have left? And he goes, 45, mate. I'll be three hours. And then you've got to wait uh, for three other dudes who've got 50 sets. And then it's your turn. And by the time you get around to the squat rack, you've been sitting there for fucking 10 minutes pretending that you're not waiting for it. That's the worst shit. You know what they need at a gym? They need a system like they have in restaurants. Like, you know those restaurants where you order food and they give you the buzzer? And then, the, and then when your food is ready, your thing buzzes and you go, go up and get it. That's a brilliant, brilliant system. They need that for squat racks. So you walk up to it. You don't even have to talk to the guy. I'm all about just removing extra interactions. Ideally, right, this is, how, this is my ideal world. I never talk to anybody. And then I get on stage and I talk to 500 people at once. And then I go home and I never talk to anyone until I get back on stage. That's, that's my ideal world. So all of these people complaining about fucking self-serve checkouts, ruining jobs. It's like, what, what's there to complain about? Do you really want to talk to somebody who works at McDonald's? Is that, 
Anybody who, if you work at McDonald's, I don't want to talk to you. Unless you're 16, all right. If you're if you're under 18 and you work at Macca's, that's to, that's totally fine. But the problem is, a lot of people who work at Macca's, they're not fucking under 16, are they? I got a friend who works there, and she's my age. What are you doing? Oh, I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, this is what I'm. This is I, I want to do a bit about this in. Not this show, but like next, next, next show. Um, what I'm saying is, if you can be entirely replaced by a machine, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm going to get nothing from that conversation. If you could be replaced by a fucking robot with six buttons on it, you're useless, mate. <laughs> I love the I love the self serve. I'm not I'm not trying to bag people who work in fast food. I'm sure you're all great. But what I'm what I'm saying is I love the self serve shit because one I don't have to talk to anybody when I go to a supermarket. How's your day? You don't give a fuck, and I don't want to tell you. So don't ask me. That's what that's my ideal response is. I know you don't care, and I don't want to talk to you. That's my ideal. But you can't say that because then you look like an asshole, right? So you go, how's your day? And you go, yeah, good, thanks. How about you? And then they tell you, yeah, good. And that's fucking third. Dude, every time I go to the cafe, I go to a one cafe every day, right? And they're lovely people. They're really nice people. But I've been going there every single day for like, it'd be over a year now, right? Yeah, because I started going there when I left my job. And I've it'd be just about a year now when I started going there. Every single day, and we say, we have the same conversation every fucking day. Hey, Lewis, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. And you? Yeah, I'm well. Your usual? Yes. Bye. And that's it. I, I, just wanna, I would just like to skip that. They're lovely people, but I'm sick of it. you know. And I know they're fucking sick of it too. And don't give me that shit. About, oh, you're wasting your money on fucking going to cafes every day. Fuck you, alright? It's five bucks. I get a coffee and then I go and do something else. And if I have to do that because if I, if I don't do that every day, I sit in my room and do nothing. All, I don't have a job, right? All, if, if I didn't leave, if I, if I only left to, to work, right, I would have a gig once or twice a week. I'd be there for two hours, then I'd come home, and then I would never leave the fucking house. Because I'd just be working on videos, or writing, or on... That's all that I do, right? So I need to leave the fucking house, otherwise I go insane. And, and I've, then I've got nothing to write about. Half the reason why I want to start boxing is so that I have an ex- a life experience. Because, you know, i got to do shit, otherwise I don't write about it. Like, I went to... um. I went on a holiday to Thailand and I wrote a whole fucking awesome five minute bit about it that'll be in the new show. Went there with my girlfriend and don't tell her this, but literally I reckon about 40% of the reason, 60% of the reason was because I would have liked a break and I liked to spend time with my girlfriend. But a solid 40% of the reason why I went to Thailand was because I knew I would get a good bit about it because I've never been to like a second world country. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I'll get something fucked out of it. And you know what? I really did. So tune in to try and stop me when you hear my fucking bit about when I went to a ping pong show. Right? That's all I'm going to tell you. 
What am I saying? I'm just, I went on like 30 different tangents then. Where am I? And we're like, we're like seven, eight minutes in and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I started off the podcast where I was like, I have, I'm so lost. It's talking about, I know that I started yelling about self-serve, but I was saying something before that. All right, all right, let's, 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 we'll backtrack. So right now I'm talking about Thailand and I was talking about life experiences. Then I was talking about the cafe and then I was yelling, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to yell about. The fucking, oh, don't waste your money on, you know, all that bullshit that the fucking old cunts. All, all of the old people are like, uh, it, there was one massive news article about it in the Herald Sun where this one guy, if you're not in Australia, the housing market is fucked, right? Just to give you a brief outline, no one can afford to buy a house. The average price, let me look up the average price of a house in Melbourne, right? Average price of house in Victoria. You know what? I bet it's really cheap. Oh, dude. Okay, so... The average uh, house in Victoria, so the whole state, is five hundred and ten thousand. The average height price within the Melbourne region is like seven hundred grand. Like it's, and that's for that's like that's like from the shittiest of the shit to the super expensive mansions, right? So houses, basically, if you want a nice place, it's gonna cost you a million dollars straight up. No, no one can fucking afford it. So everybody has to take out these massive loans, and then they get indentured and uh, are enslaved to the fucking bank for. Until they're 80. Like, my parents are still paying off their house, man. They've got, like, they... they I'm pretty sure they still owe, like, hundred, at least $100,000. And they're 50, man. Like, that's fucking mental. They bought the house 20 years ago. They still don't own it. That, that to me, is 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 crazy. I mean, that's that's their life, and, and that's just how you did shit. But, I don't know. To me, I feel like... What scares the shit out of me, right, is, look, I'm on another tangent. Now I'm talking about the housing market. Like I know what I'm talking about, you fucking idiot. I don't know anything about this shit, okay? But you know what? That's never stopped me before, has it? (laughs) Okay, to me, right, I would rather pay rent until I die than fucking buy a house and then be chained to that one spot for fucking literally 50 years, like what? What's the most that two people can save up? Like three hundred thousand dollars, maybe in in like five years, and then you get a house for like a seven hundred thousand dollar loan to pay off a house, and then you got to pay that shit off plus interest, and the interest by the time you pay off the seven hundred, you end up owing another three. It's just fucked. And there was this massive article that came out because obviously all the young people now are thinking about how the fuck am I going to buy a house? They're all a million dollars, and I work. And I just lost my job at Macca's because they brought in the self-serve machine. <laughs> Throwback. Okay. Yeah, all these, all these young people are like, I can't afford a house. What the fuck is going on? And then this one old cunt writes an article going, I bought a house and you know why? It's because I didn't go to cafes every day and buy smashed avocado. And then that became the first meme that old people ever created. That was the first meme that was widely... That was created and shared by old people when it was happening. Because before that, right, the only memes that old people had were like the scraps, the bones of a meme that we used to think was cool six months ago. Like in six months time, my mum's going to start doing the mannequin challenge. And that, that avocado shit, that was like a monumental achievement in 
old internet history, old people internet history. That's the first time they ever created something original that was that was widely shared by their own kind, okay? And it became a fucking thing to be like, oh, all these young people are wasting all their money on smashed avocado. My mum said it to me. My mum said, oh, you go to that cafe and you get smashed avocado, you're wasting your fucking life. And then I heard her listening to it on, on 3AW, the old people station, talking about smashed avocado and how expensive it is. That's how I, that's when I realized that my parents are getting old because I caught my mum listening to 3AW because we used to listen to like the mainstream shit. I used to love radio, man. It's probably pretty surprising coming from all the anti-media shit that I talk about now. But when I was young, all I wanted to be was on radio. Look at me on another tangent about radio. I'm, I'm going to get so lost at the end of this. I'm going to get to the end of the podcast and I will not have finished one thing that I was talking about. But you know what? I'm just, give, I'm just giving you a, li- a, a little uh, teaser of everything. And you'll be like, wow, that was an interesting podcast. I learned absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> Other than Lewis has ADD and can't finish a thought. Oh, okay, look, I'm going to endeavor to finish this smashed avocado shit, all right? Let me give it a go. Actually, I'm fucking lost. I don't know. I was going. I was going somewhere with the avo shit, and then oh, that's right. Okay, so even my mum said it to me. All right, and and it's like, dude, we we can't not afford houses because on Sunday we pay twenty bucks for f- eggs. We can't afford houses because they cost a million dollars. Who the fuck has a million dollars? No one has that. So you got to go and you got to save up like 10% of that. And then you got to marry some woman that you only kind of like. And then she has another $100,000. And then you've got two hundred, And then you work together to get another fifty. And then the, you're like, oh, please, can you pay for the rest, Mr. Bank? And then the bank is like, yeah, for sure. But if uh, you can't pay for it, we also want your parents' house. And then you got, you get, you got to get your fucking parents to co-sign the lease. That's not what it is. That's renting houses. I don't know what I'm talking about, but the point is banks are evil. We all know this. (laughs) I'm going Alex Jones on everybody. Okay. The point is we can't afford fucking houses, but you know what? All these old people yelling at me about spending 20 bucks on a fucking meal when they're the ones that owe $700,000 to a bank they don't even own their own house. At least I own the $20 that I'm fucking throwing away that I'm wasting on eggs. Do you know what I mean? I own that. I can waste it. I don't give a fuck. It goes away. I'll make another 20 bucks. I'll buy some more fucking eggs. What are you going to do, huh? What are you going to do when you spend $700,000 of someone else's money? You're fucked. When I spend 20 bucks and then I have $0, I leave the cafe and I can go and be homeless on the street. You can't even do that. You go to fucking jail. If I bought eggs the way old people bought houses, I would go to the cafe and I'd be like, hey, can I um, can I get some eggs? And I'd be like, yeah, it's 20 bucks. I'm like, all right, sweet. So I have 10 cents. What can you do for me? And I'm like, well, we'll give you the eggs now, but then you've got to work in the kitchen for 50 years. Sound like a good deal? And I'm like, hmm, yeah, all right, let's do it. And then I'd go into the kitchen with my wife and she signed up to the same deal. And then we get like 10 years into it and we'd be like, man, I really fucking hate washing dishes. And then she'd be like, man, I really fucking hate you. And then she'd start fucking the other guy that's washing the dishes. No, she'd fuck one of the customers, right? She'd go and fuck someone who isn't indentured into the dishwashing thing. And then I'm stuck there 
you know, I'm cleaning off a plate, rubbing it down, and then I look out the window and I see my wife just sucking some customer. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing, you bitch? And then I, I break up with her and I divorce her. And what she does is she goes, right, look, I, um, I'm taking the kids. Um, and so what we're going to do is I want, uh, right now we've, we've earned about, we've been here for like 10 years. So out of the $20 that we owe, we've collectively worked up about $8 and I want six of that. And then you'll be like, well, I don't know, we should do like 50, 50. So I'll keep $4. Otherwise I'm going to be stuck washing dishes a lot longer than you are. And then she's going to be like, nah, let's go to court. And then the court system is going to go rule in her favor because she has a vagina. And then all of a sudden, you're back down to $2. You've been there for 10 years and you've got another 50 years to pay off your fucking eggs. And that's why the divorce system in Australia is fucked. Oh, finished a point. All right. So there we go, guys. You learned something today. I started off on, I don't, I don't even remember what I started. Oh, I started off on waking up early in the morning and we got through self-serve we got through fucking, I don't even know what I was talking about. And then we got through like the the mortgage crisis and then the avocado thing. And then we got through paying off loans and the banking system being evil. And then we made it all the way through to cheating whores. And then we got to divorce court. 17 minutes and 24 seconds in, I just gave you a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> all right. So that was... um. What else do I want to talk? Yeah, so basically, um, I don't know. There is no basically. There's no way to sum that shit up. You have to be there and experience it. You just have to be in the moment, guys. So, you know, if anybody asks you, if anybody is like, oh, what's the what's the uh, Spear and Sundays podcast like? Just refer them to this episode and they'll be like, yeah, it's, it's basically this. And then your friend will listen to it and go, is this dude schizophrenic or what's going on? Yeah, anyway, so I've been waking up at 6 in the morning. That's what I was talking about. And I'm, it's so productive. You guys got to do it. I wake up at 6. I go to sleep. At, I, I sleep at midnight. And the way that I do that, right, is I don't get into bed at midnight. No, okay? That's not how you sleep at midnight. All these people complaining, oh, I can't get to sleep. I can't sleep. I'm such a bad sleeper. I don't know how people lie down and go to sleep. No one goes to sleep like that, all right? You know why you can't sleep? Because you get into bed when you're supposed to actually be asleep. So you're like, oh, I'll go to sleep. I'll go to sleep at 11 p.m. And you get into bed at 11 p.m. And that's when that's not sleeping. That's you have to you have to begin the process of going to sleep. It's a fucking thing. Right. And everyone will get into bed and be like, oh, well, I got I got to be asleep in 10 minutes. So what I'll do is I'll turn all of the lights off. I'll get into bed and then I'll jack the brightness up to fucking full on my phone and scroll through Facebook for half an hour. And then I'll put the phone down and be like, oh, I wonder why I'm not sleepy. Because you're looking at your phone, dickhead. What this, this is how I fall asleep, right? This is what I do. I get into bed at like 11.30. If I want to be asleep at any time, I get into bed at least half an hour before that. And then I turn on my little lamp and I read, not the phone, right? You can't have a backlit screen that keeps you awake, right? The whole, the whole thing, it's an unnatural thing. Your body's supposed to go to sleep when the sun goes down. We invented lights. They're not real, right? We, like, we invented lights, and then our evolutionary system was like, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what a fucking light is. I'm waiting for the sun to go down. So, you know, if you have a light on, your brain's still going, nah, that's the sun, mate. I'm not going to sleep yet. It's still fucking morning. 
don't try and fool me. I'm pretty smart. I've survived for 40 million years. That's the sun. <laughs> so what you need to do is you need to turn the lights off, have a little lamp on and read a book like a, a paper book or a fucking Kindle, not the backlit screen Kindles. Those are crap. You want the, the older ones that are just like digital ink. They're the best shit ever. I've got a Kindle. It's got, I've, been, I've read 10 books, man. I go to, I, I get into bed at 11 p.m. I'd read for an hour and by the time I get 45 minutes in, I'm struggling to stay awake. Do you know what I mean? Because you're working out your brain. There's not much light. And you start to power down. It's just natural. All these people talking about how they can't go to sleep. It's because you're looking at your phone. This is such a ranty podcast. This is, you know what? This is one of those podcasts where I'm right in every situation. It doesn't matter what I'm talking about. I have the answer. If you want to be productive, get up at 6 in the morning. Go to bed at midnight. Everyone will start doing that. Be like, oh, I... I need more sleep than that. I don't give a fuck. I'm right. Hey, you've you you've been diagnosed by a doctor with fucking chronic insomnia? Nah, just read a book, mate. That'll fix it right up. <laughs> oh man, the only thing that's missing from this podcast, like this this belligerent, ignorant advice, is the only thing that's missing from this is me ending every point with faggot. Ah, oh, just read a book, faggot. That's, that's the level of discourse that we've reached at this podcast. But you know what? I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. So you don't, if you don't like it, just fucking turn it off and go and listen to a science podcast. Some science nerd in a button-up talking about... I don't know what they talk about. I don't talk to them. But yeah, so I've been getting up at 6 in the morning and it's made me way more productive. Just Even just, the, just having a constant sleeping schedule, like a, a regular, I sleep at this time, I get up at this time... It just allows you to plan your week and shit. Like I, I um, the other day I woke up at six, and then it was cold, and I fucking love it when it's cold. Like right now it's hot. I'm I'm hating it. That's probably why this is such a ranty podcast because I'm overheated, right? But I'm hating it. But I went. I just woke up at six in the morning. It was really cold. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going for a walk. I've started doing this thing because, see, here's the thing. I need I need like a real life hobby, but I can't exactly afford one just yet i'm hoping to pick something up pick something new up after this tour if i sell enough tickets like i want to i want to do boxing i also want to get into painting warhammer miniatures and actually playing the game it's nerdy as hell but i need i need like a real life leave the house hobby like i have i have rap music and then that's cool i, I really enjoy that but it, I, I it's still at home doesn't feel like a break to me. Like I'll sit on the computer and I'll write jokes and I'll write videos and film them and edit them. And then I'll be like, all right, now it's time for a break. And I'll get on my, com- my other computer and start playing video games. And it doesn't feel like a break. Like I need to leave the house hobby. So I'm thinking after the tour, I'm going to pick up boxing. If anybody in Melbourne um, actually has a good recommendation for a good boxing studio... Um, or even any kind of martial art... Like I, I'm, I'm not... So, I'm not um, I'm not solid on which martial art I'd like to pick up. I did karate when I was a kid. Um, but if, if I'm completely honest with you, I did it for four years. And, and anybody who's mad into karate is going to hate me for this. But I just couldn't get over all the spiritual shit. Like the, the meditation fucking stuff. Like I, 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 just, I don't want to fight anybody. I had no desire to fight people. But I'm not going to, I'm not going, like, you'll never, you'll never see this in a boxing studio, right? You walk into the boxing studio and then they get everybody to kneel on the floor and call the guy in charge their sensei and talk about all this spiritual shit and, and fucking how the Japs used to 
meditate. Like that, I'm not interested in that side of it. I got respect for people who do all that monk type shit, but it's not for me. I can't. I've tried meditating, and see now we're on to meditating. I'm yelling about boxing, karate, meditating, whatever. I'm just gonna let it run. I'm not gonna talk about what I'm. I'm just gonna let it go. Right. This is gonna be a, just a loose podcast. I've done meditating and I really enjoy it by myself. I've done yoga and I really enjoy it by myself, but I've done yoga where there's an instructor and fucking hated it. Cause he'll, he'll, you know, the, the dude will be like, now we're doing this position and then I'll look at him and I'll do the position and I'll try and figure out how to do it. And I'll make sure that I'm in the same position as him and he'll come up and correct my form and all of that. And that's great. That's awesome. But then we get into the stretch and then he just starts talking about all this fucking shit about the universe and about how this monk said this to that monk and how all these fucking dumb theories and all this shit. And I'm such a cunt that even in a relaxed, darkened, clear your mind yoga environment, he's talking about all these theories and I just want to be like, that's bullshit. How does that make sense? Now that's, that's fucking horse shit, mate. Like, they, like he was talking about reincarnation and all this kind of stuff and talking about the theories behind reincarnation and how um, basically this guy was like, uh, most humans are human for the first time and then they start back at the bottom of the scale. So like insect and then you work your way up to human depending on how good of a person you are. And it's very rare that anything gets to be a human because, you know, there's there's billions of ants. Do you know what I mean? So that means when, if, if, I don't know, if someone was a bad horse, <laughs> if someone was a real cunt of a horse, he'd end up back as an ant. That's why there's so many ants. That was the, the theory. And that's why, you know, there's less humans. Like there's way more ants than humans. Do you know what I mean? So he was saying that there was this yogi where his theory was most people were human for the first time. And I just, he kept saying that, like most of us, we're learning, you know, there's only a few people who have been human more than once, and those are the guys who are really spiritually uh, enlightened and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, how the fuck does he know that? If he's if he's if this is his first time being human, how the fuck does he know? Huh? Tell me that with your pretentious little projected whisper that they all talk in, right? So we're going to assume this position. You know that fucking." thing. I don't know. All I, all I want to do, I went there with my, with my girlfriend and she loves that spiritual feelings talk. And it really makes you think it's like, I just want to fucking stretch. All right. And I know that the, the brain and meditation stuff is half of what yoga is, but I can't meditate when there's some dude wearing an adult nappy walking around with his shirt off, talking about how everybody's been reincarnated with just referencing shit and talking about the universe and souls and energies. It's all horse shit. Just teach me how to stretch. And if you want me to clear my mind, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so anyway, back to what I was saying. I'm, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I woke up really early and I went for a walk. This is something that I've started to do where I leave my house and I pick a direction that I have not walked in before and I just go straight for as long as I can and then I turn around and I go home and I just see shit that I've not seen before and once I'm running out of directions like I've gone forwards I've gone left I've gone right 
and I've gone behind me. And now, after that, I'm going to have to work out the diagonals. But that's kind of like, I mean, if I've gone forwards and left, I've basically gone diagonal. Like, the diagonal is just whatever's in the middle of that. I pretty much know what's there. Do you know what I mean? So I might have to pick a new weird hobby. But I, I went backwards today. I went behind my house and just walked. And I was walking for like an hour uh, just writing bits in my head and figuring out jokes and shit. And then I came across this cemetery that we always drive past. It's this huge, massive cemetery. Um, and I was just, it, was, it was like er, really early in the morning, really nice day. So I was like, ah, why not? Let's go in. So I went in the cemetery and it's like there's, there would be... There would be almost a thousand people buried there. Like it's fucking huge. And I was going through and I was reading all of the graves. It was like real. It's I've told everyone I've told about this has been like half the people have been like, wow, man, that's really cool. That's awesome. I wish I could do that. There's so much history in, in, in there. And, and that's really cool. It's good to like, look at that stuff. And then the other half of the people are like, you went to a cemetery by yourself and read other people's graves that you didn't know. You're a freak. <laughs> There's no in-between. Do you know what I mean? So half the people listening to this are going, man, Lewis is so cultured and he thinks this is great. And the other half are going, ah, who am I kidding? All of you are going, what a fucking idiot this guy is. By the time I've gotten to this story, no matter what I did at the cemetery, you're all going to think I'm fucking insane. But that's all right, okay? So I, I went in the cemetery and walking around and and like there were so many people there like there weren't alive people I'm talking like dead grave stuff like it was so hard to walk around because I didn't want to walk on anybody's grave but they had hardly any path so I would go in and read all these graves and then I had to come out exactly the same way because you could walk over the top but there was like obviously it depends how much you pay I think like some people had massive monuments and there was like 20 people buried there and then other people just had a little plaque in the grass. So until you got close, it just looked like grass that you could walk over. But then you realized the plaque was there. Was, oh, that was, that's some poor person's grave that couldn't afford a monument. <laughs> so I didn't want to walk on any of them. So I don't know. I was in there for ages just reading shit. And it was real interesting. Like there were graves from 200 years ago. Um, and I read and I was reading just the, the more interesting ones. I found a whole bunch of people that were in the army um, there was this one guy that was like a general of the Australian army in World War One, and then he left and he became like the head of almost every organization you could think of. He was like the, the head of uh, public transport, then he was the head of uh, some rotary club, he was the head of some economic business. Like the dude had like five different boss careers, like that most people would work their whole life to get one of them and stay there forever. This cunt had five and he was a general. So I'm like, that's a dude who lived his life. And then there was another guy who was like the opposite of that. There was this one dude. It was like, it was like from the, the 19 somethings, right? Dude, was Australia even a thing in the 1800s? Look at me saying 200 years ago. And I, I bet it wasn't. When was Australia founded? Look at me. Fucking history not over here. Ah, oh, 1788. Okay, so I thought so. Yeah, so there were some from the 1800s, 200 years ago. There was this dude from the 1800s, and his name was at the top. So it was like, I don't know, Richard. I don't know what his real name was, but his name was Richard. And then below that, he had all of his children. 
So Richard, he died when he was like 60, which I guess is pretty old for the 1800s. But then he had one kid that died when she was four months, another one at eight months, another one at 10 months, another one at uh, four months again. And then he obviously had another kid and that, that one lived for ages. And he was like, oh, good. We're over that nasty bump of all of my children dying. And then that one died at 10 years old. And then the one after that died at 20 years old. And then he, his wife died at 40 and then he died at 60. And that is a guy who, I don't know how he pushed on through all of that shit. What a bummer that was. There's nothing funny about this. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I just saw it and I felt like I had to tell someone that this dude lived through literally like seven or eight of his kids dying, even at 10 years old and 20 years old, and he still pushed on to 60. At least, you know, he must have been successful because they had a massive monument. I mean, you want to have a monument, right? If you've got eight dead kids, you want to have a big fucking... You need enough space to write their names. <laughs> oh, that's fucked. <clears throat> What else are we talking about today? Oh, we're about halfway through. Fucking hell. I haven't fit- I've, I'm looking at all the stuff that I've written down that I wanted to talk about. I haven't spoken about any of it. I've been hitting the gym, guys. I've been going really well. I haven't been, I'm going today. I'm waiting until it gets less hot. It's way too hot. I'm fucking cooking. Um, but I am going today. I want to be 80 kilos by the tour. That's the goal. Um, I'm like 76 right now. So I haven't put on too much weight since the live podcast. But I'm getting there. I'm getting... Uh, right into it. I had a, I had a, a week off when I was getting ready for my trial show. But now that I know that my show is going to be really good, I'm fucking smashing it again. So I'm just going, I'm going to be 80 by the tour. I've got exactly a month. March 3rd, Geelong, that's my first show. I'm so ready for it, right? Um, oh, speaking of Geelong, there's literally 10 minute, 10 tickets left. So if you don't have tickets to that, buy them now because they're going to sell out. Um, but yeah, I want to be 80 kilos. So I'm going today. I have been going. Thank you for everyone keeping me motivated. I'm smashing it. I'll, I'll hit you up next week and I'm going to tell you my uh, my lifting stats. I'll tell you what I'm benching, what I'm squatting and what I'm deadlifting. I'm going to go this week. I'm going to go for maximums. All right. So that's the that's the plan. Okay. Um, speaking of the show, on Thursday, this Thursday, I had a breakthrough moment with the show. I've been freaking out about the, the show I know that it's a good show, but I've been freaking out, fuck, is it better than the other two? Because it's it's not just, it's no longer, like my first show was like, I can't fail. Do you know what I mean? Unless it's horrible, I can't fail. I've got no standards. This is my first impression. As long as I put on a good show, that's an achievement. As long as I put on a good show and more than 10 people come, I'm satisfied. And I end up putting on a great show. I think 800 people came all up. My first first thing, which is really cool, I made fuck all money on it, but that wasn't the point, you know what I mean? I proved myself. And then the second show was way better. It was much better, more people came, um, all that kind of shit, because I, I knew what I was doing. I was like, okay, I did my first show, and now I know what was good, what didn't work, and now I can smash that out of the park. But now the third show, I was talking about it with Khaled, actually, because he's about he's been doing it for five years longer than me, and we were talking about this where when you first begin something, you start off in the dirt, right? You're horrible at it. And then in the, in the first year, as long as you've been doing it every day and practicing, you increase exponentially, like your skill increases exponentially. And in the second year, you double that. And then the third year, you increase it just a little bit. And, and like 
the longer you've been doing something, the slower your skill increases. Do you know what I mean? But and and that's why that's why someone who's like forty years old is so much better than someone someone who's been doing comedy for twenty years is so much better than someone who's been doing it for three years. And the average punter couldn't really tell you why. Like, because the the difference that has been stacked up over years of experience is so small, but it adds up. So it's not something that you can notice. Like, the difference between me and someone in their first year is a massive difference. The difference between me and someone in their 10th year, the person in their 10th year will be way better than me, but you would almost struggle to... to, um, say exactly why you would just be like ah oh, they were just funnier but you wouldn't be able to say why like like for example if someone in their first year compared to me you'd be like oh well lewis had better stage presence uh he was more confident he knew his material back to front um and he did a lot of crowd work that was really funny whereas someone like me versus someone at 10 years you would struggle to 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 give specific reasons why that person was better because both of us have mastered the basics, but from that point, it's just little shit, little imperceptible stuff that you that you figure out and add to your skill set here and there. Do you know what I mean? And that's just time and, and working on it. And that's what I'd, I'd been struggling with. It was like, fuck, I know this show's good, but is it as, is it as, as good as the last one? It has to be better. And I had this real breakthrough moment on Thursday where I'd, I'd been working on this bit for ages, this really difficult, I'm not going to ruin it for you because it's an important part of the show, but it's a really difficult bit. I've been doing it a few times and I've told the idea to a few people and and I had just been offending people or, or people wouldn't understand it or mainly offending people because it is a hectic subject matter. But I've, I, I did it on Thursday and I, I smashed with it. I finally fucking got it. I picked all the words to use and the physical actions and I finally nailed it and I was really smashed with it. So now, and then I did like 10 minutes more of new shit that I had also been struggling with trying to perfect and, and, and really get finished before the tour. And I, I did them and I did all of that. And now I, after doing that, and I smashed with it. I was like very, very good that night. And I was like, fuck yeah, this show is definitely going to be the, my best work. And, and I think the only reason I was stressing out about it was because um, this show that I'm trying to stop me compared to they tried to cancel me last time, the new show is definitely better, but it's also definitely harder. Like it's harder material, harder um, subject matters, more technically difficult things on stage. It's hard to explain, but I, I, I now have full confidence that when you guys see the show, when it's fucking done, I'm, it's gonna, I'm really excited for it. So yeah, you guys will see lewispears.com slash gigs for the tickets. Um, I wanted to give a quick thank you to, um, especially Sydney and Brisbane. Um, I don't know what's happened in those two cities, but I have outsold like I've broken my attendance record by a huge margin from last year. In, in especially Brisbane, the first time I went to Brisbane, I was in a 150 seater. I sold 30 tickets. The second time I was there, I was in a 150 seater, um, and I think I only sold like just over a hundred. Um, and now the third time, I've smashed both of those records, 
and it, it's a 300 seater and it's really filling up like um and same thing with uh with Sydney the first time I went to Sydney there was only like 70 people there second time I went there there was like 220 and now uh, already and there's two months until those two shows start I've sold more than that so Thank you very much to everyone who's booking. I don't know what I did in those two cities that has made this huge jump, but I appreciate you guys booking ahead so early. Um, and if you're from those two cities and also Geelong, they're the next ones to sell out. So I'd book for that if you have not already. Um, fuck, I had a whole, a whole bunch of other stuff I wanted to talk about, but um, let's get on the miss bit. Oh, actually, just before that, um, New Year's resolutions, I forgot to tell you something that I'm doing. This year... I'm using cash more because I spend, you know, when you use that pay pass shit, like where you get your card out and you just touch the FPOS machine and it goes boop and you'll, and it doesn't feel like spending money. Oh, pay wave it. I'll just pay pass it. Boop, boop, boop. All of a sudden you've spent fucking a thousand dollars. I've never spent a thousand dollars. Have I? Never spent a thousand dollars. I don't think I've ever spent a thousand dollars in a day. Anyway, you know what I mean, right? The fucking PayPal shit, it doesn't feel like you're spending money, so you end up spending more than you do. When you have cash and you have to physically give it to them and then they physically give you change and you see and feel how much you have left, that's just teaches you how to be better with it. Do you know what I mean? It's more real. Um, so I'm using cash more often. Plus, I don't need my fucking debit card out there. You know what I mean? The, I'll use my fucking thing and I'll go boop and then some kind will have my identity. They'll be me. You know, they'll be planning a fucking terrorist attack in America, assuming my identity. In Within like two weeks, there'd be some dude in a trench coat on fucking stilts shooting up a school and everyone will think I did it. I don't know how you would get from stealing my credit card and then shooting up a school and people thinking that it was me. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe in between killing a whole bunch of eight-year-olds, they'd like buy a Mars bar from a vending machine with my card. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's identity theft. Be wary of it guys. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. That's where I'm getting. I'm just getting lost. Everything I talk about, I ended up on another tangent. So, um, I'm using cash more and, and this is my thing. Every time I saw this in a meme and a meme inspired me to change my life. There was this fucking picture of this guy basically, but the idea is Every time I, I buy something and when they give me my change, if I get a $5 note, I don't spend it. I put it in a money box and I don't touch it until January 1st next year. And I'm doing that and I seriously think it's, it's only like, it's only just Feb. I've only been doing it for a month. I reckon I've saved like fucking $100. That's a massive exaggeration. There's no way I would have saved $100. What's 100 divided by 5? It's like 20 so that'd be like 20 days in a row where I'd spend at least 10 at least at least $5 with a $10 note every day which would be oh no you could do that 20 times 10 it's like 200 bucks no that would be that it would mean that I'm spending oh, I'm so stupid at math no that's fine that would be like $200 over 20 days that's not that much money is it yeah, so I could totally have saved $100. But the main point of it is you don't count it. That's the main part of it. Because when you start counting how much money you got in savings, you're like, ooh, I could buy a fucking Xbox. I could buy this, I could buy that. So I'm just putting it in the money box. As soon as I get my $5 note, I put it in there and I don't look at it. And I'll let you know at the start of the next year 
how much money I've saved and we'll see how that goes, huh? All right. If anybody wants to join me, let's see who saves the most $5 notes. Seriously, let's, let's do this shit. Um, because, you know, in between the, the, the uninformed rambling, this is also a life advice podcast. <laughs> let's get into Miscellaneous Bit of the End. I got three emails uh, today to answer. If you don't know, Miscellaneous Bit of the End is the worst part of the podcast. Turn it off. It's even worse than the, the amount of rambling that I've gone through. If you've made it this far without going, Lewis is a fucking moron. Why do I listen to this? It rots my brain. Congratulations, but also it's time to turn it off because you don't want to hear this shit, right? This is where I answer the questions from the listeners. And believe me, the listeners are some of the worst. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I love you guys. All right, let's get into the fucking emails. Oh, if you want to send an email, it's podcast at lewspears.com. Send an email. Can you summarize it in the subject line? I'm sick of fucking reading subject lines that just say cancer or just say miscellaneous bit of the end that doesn't tell me anything i get a lot of fucking emails if you want me to read it and actually answer it summarize it what what your email is about like oh my girlfriend cheated on me or i need advice on how to ride a bike just summarize whatever your email is about so i can pick the interesting ones because i 100 percent judge your email by the subject line i'm judging books by their covers on this thing and i don't give a fuck right so these are the ones with the interesting subject lines uh, for this week. Okay. Um, hey, Lewis, my name is Mark and I'm 17. For the past three months, my cousin, who is 16, nearly 17, I know where this is going already. See, whenever someone talks about a younger girl and then talks about them about to turn the next year, you know that person wants to fuck them, Right? So if I'm talking about a girl, right, if I'm 20, well, we'll say my real age, I'm 23, right? If I see a 20-year-old girl and I want to fuck her, I'd tell my friends, man, there's this gorgeous girl, she's real hot, I, I really want to ask her out on a date, and they'd be like, oh, how old is she? I'd be like, she's 20, but she's turning 21, you know, to make her seem older. So I, I'm, I haven't read this yet, I just read the subject line, but this is where this is going. Oh, actually, you said cousin. All right, all right. For the last three months, my cousin, who is 16, nearly 17, has been living with my family because she's had major issues with her dad. Before she moved in, I had only seen her once or twice when I was very young and everything was normal. When she came to live with us, I instantly found her incredibly attractive. Fucking nailed it. Oh, I'm so good at this shit. All right, I found her incredibly attractive. Ah, <laughs> uh, you want to fuck your cousin? Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I found her incredibly attractive and I have no idea why. Uh, I try my hardest not to think of her sexually, but sometimes my autistic redneck urges get to me and I do things like masturbate to the thought of her. Oh, I feel like a monster. You should. And I have no idea what to do. I would really appreciate some advice, Papa Lou. P.S. Your work is incredible, and I've already booked tickets to try and stop me. Can't wait to see you, you mad cunt. Appreciate that, bro. I'll see you at the show. Are you bringing your cousin? <laughs> Are you bringing her with her? You guys can hold hands during the show. If you bring your cousin, I am 100% bringing you up, mate. Don't... F <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Okay, so you want to... Okay, basically, the, the email is, my cousin's hot, I want to root her, what do I do? All right. Look, you're 17, so you want to fuck everything. I, I was in your position. I never wanted to root my cousin, um, but I understand where you're coming from, right? Because basically, you haven't seen this chick for years. 
right? It's basically, you know what it's like? It's like, imagine if you just saw a gorgeous girl in a nightclub and you started hitting on her and then you find out after that that she's your cousin. That wouldn't mean you don't think she's hot anymore, right? The only reason we generally don't find family members hot is because we know they're cousins from, like, we've grown up with them. You haven't grown up with this chick, so it's a bit different. But the point still stands, you can't fuck your cousin because the kid will come out with 10 arms, all right? So you can't do that shit, and you definitely, look, you shouldn't wank off to your 17-year-old cousin because, you know what's, you know what's, you know what's happened? You're an asshole, Mark. <laughs> but I appreciate you coming to the show. You know what you've done? She's fled her father because she's got major issues with her dad and she's landed she's she's got lucky and landed in with one of her cousins who wants to root her <laughs> like that's any better look man no I'm, I'm just playing okay you can't i don't know what you can do like you're 17 if you find her hot you find her hot you just gotta you just you just need to have some you know what you need to do this is this will sort you out you need to fucking look at her like she's a human you need to get to know her better your brain doesn't know she's your cousin, so it's like, oh, there's a new woman in the house. We gotta fuck her, man. We gotta get her pregnant. We gotta ensure the survival of the human race. Your brain, it's the same shit that I was talking about with the sleeping stuff. Your brain doesn't know what a light is, and your brain also doesn't know there's seven billion people on the planet or that she's your cousin. Your brain just wants to fuck it because that's just how you're wired. So what you need to do, man, is you need to understand that she's a human. And she's not there to have sex with you. She's there. She's running away from her dad. He's probably an asshole to her. Maybe he wanted to fuck her. You know, maybe that's what she's escaping. So you can't do that shit. You, what you need to do is you need to hang out with her in a really platonic way. Go out with her. Fuck. But then what if one of it turns into a date thing? And then she wants to fuck you. <sighs> Look, okay, this is what I would do. You need to... Just talk to her. You need to realize that she's a human and just get to know her a little bit better. I'm sure once you get to know her and you realize how related you are, you'll get over it. Yeah, because you can't, you can't, just can't have that shit, man. It's not good. Um, that's kind of the only advice I have for you is get to know her on a human being platonic level. Understand that she's another human and she's related to you and just... Go and talk to some other girls. There's so many girls out there that aren't related to you. <laughs> Most people are not related to you, mate. So just go out there and have a wank about them. Hey, maybe you'll meet someone nice at my show. Unless you go there with your cousin. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta talk to her. You gotta figure out who she is as a person. Um and you know what, that always, that, I find whenever like a new co-worker comes in and they're real hot and you just, all you want to do is have sex with them and then you wank off to them and you think all this awful shit, as soon as you start to get to know that person, that's when the guilt comes in and it's like, oh, she's got a husband, she's really nice, she's good at bowling, she probably wouldn't have sex with me anyway. Once you get to know someone... That's when your brain takes over from your dick. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you'll be thinking all this dirty shit about her. And then the more you get to know her, the brain will kick in. Like you'll be, you, you'll invent a scenario in your mind where you're like, I'm in a hotel 
and then she walks in the door and she gets undressed. And if you know her well, that point is when the brain kicks in and, and just tells you that that's really unrealistic. You know Sarah wouldn't do that, all right? First of all, Sarah has a boyfriend. She wouldn't go to a hotel with you. Second of all, Sarah's 17. They wouldn't let her in the hotel with another 17-year-old. You need at least another 18-year-old person. So even hiring this hotel in the first place is unrealistic, let alone fucking your cousin there. So look, she's probably out there bowling. You know how good she is at bowling? She doesn't want to suck your dick. She wants to get a strike. <laughs> and that's when the brain kicks in. So just get to know her. The brain will kick in and the, and the dick will take a step back. Good luck, man. Let me know. And if, well, if you end up fucking her, send me an email. All right, next email. Here we go. Uh, I really don't expect you to talk about this. Well, here we go. It's just feedback. But if for some reason you do, then keep me anonymous. All righty. Uh, I heard one of your old podcasts where some girl with Asperger's was crying about you making jokes about autism. I also have autism, and she was just being a sensitive cunt. Autism jokes are hilarious. A lot of my, a lot of people with my condition agree. The rest can get fucked. Cheers, cunt. Keep at it. Um, I remember that email, man. Dude, I got a lot of autistic people that listen to me and like my stuff. It's um, I don't know why. I mean, I don't find. <laughs> It's just an interesting observation that I've made. Because I, I used to work with kids that had um, autism when I, back when I was a personal trainer. I ran like a, um, a class and most of the kids were autistic. So I, I think they're awesome people, man. Um, I think, I think that, that most of the time autistic people are really misunderstood. Um, let's not get serious, huh? Let me, let me tell you why, all right? So I remember that email. Um, and basically, she was right. Uh, I was in the wrong. Because while I was, I was joking about autism, but I was doing it every episode. See, I don't, I don't, um, I don't sign on to that whole argument. You can't joke about this. You can't joke about that. I think you can joke about anything you want. If you're white and you make jokes about black people, good on you. If you're black, you do about white. Awesome. Talk about whatever the fuck you want. If you think you can make it funny, go for it. There's no, I don't think there should be any rules apart from... If you, there's a difference between making a joke about autism and only joking about autism. Do you know what I mean? Like if you make a few jokes, got whatever. But if you, that's what you do every episode. If autism becomes the go-to joke, that's when I think it becomes a problem because that's when you, like, like there's a difference between someone doing a, a joke about black people are like this and white people are like this. And then one white dude getting up on stage and doing an entire hour about black people. Do you know what I mean? Like, if that's the only thing you're talking about, that's when I think it becomes a problem. Um, and also, it, it's boring. Even beyond the moral argument, it's fucking boring. Like, I don't want to be... I don't want the only joke to make uh, the autism thing. So if an autistic person is like, hey, uh, I just noticed that you're doing this a lot, um, and I wonder why, and then I realized, oh, fuck, I actually am doing that a lot. That's a bit lazy. Um, I'm just going to stop doing it for a while. And don't worry, man, we made heaps of autistic jokes in the live podcast. Go and listen to episode 50. If you want fucking autism jokes, listen to that shit. It'll, you'll, you'll end up, you'll end up siding with the girl. <laughs> that was too many. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, I'm not, 
avoiding those jokes. I'm just keeping in mind how often I joke about everything. Do you know what I mean? Like I try to keep a good variety in there because I, I know that I do. I actually have a lot of autistic listeners and I don't want to, I don't want to alienate anybody. I don't want to um, exclude people from being made fun of, but I also don't want one group to, to feel like, oh, he's, he makes fun of us all the time. He like, you know, it just, you know what I mean, right? It's too much. So yeah, there you go. All right. Next email. Hi, Lewis. I'm autistic. <laughs> Welcome to the club, mate. <laughs> oh, fuck. We've got a bit of a theme going. See, oh no, this actually, I have read this one before. This guy actually is autistic. All right. Hi, Lewis. I'm autistic. And last week I had a severe meltdown. Oh, fuck. It's almost an hour. Oh, I'll make this one will be a long one because last week was a shorter one. All right. So I'm autistic and last week I had a severe meltdown and lashed out at my mum. I said some pretty mean shit like I hate that there are so many women who are infertile and you managed to have a child. That's fucking mean as bro. Are you sure you're autistic? I feel like only someone with a keen fucking sense of emotional energy could know how to say that those amount of words to cut someone that deep. That's one of those sentences where, you know, when, if you're having banter with a friend and then you think of one thing and you don't say it because you know, it's too far. Like, you know, that person so well that you could pick all of the words from the English language and arrange them in the exact order that would make them fucking cry. And then you just don't say it. That's what you did. (laughs) You fucking savage. All right. Uh, So he said that. And then he also said, and I'm only living here because I have literally nowhere else to go. As soon as I move out, I'm never speaking to you again. But the saddest part is the saddest thing is that I mean it. People often tell me I should love my parents unconditionally. That's false. You should never love anybody unconditionally. That is incorrect. All right. I don't care if they're your firstborn son. If I had a son and he raped me, I wouldn't love him anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the limit. I mean, you could go out and kill someone. I'd probably still, depends how many people, you know what I mean? Like, I think I could get over two people. If you went and shut up a school, uh, even then though, like there are parents who are like, yeah, he did a horrible thing and it's undeniably an evil thing to do, but I still love him because I'm his mum. But I feel like if that guy shot up a school and then raped his mum, she'd have a different opinion. <laughs> yeah, unconditional love is, is not a thing, man. Because um, it's unhealthy. All right, so uh, people tell me I should love my parents unconditionally, but my mother has done some terrible things to me. So much, so much stuff now that I have an unhealthy distrust of all women and people under five foot six. Um, she has threatened to, I'm sorry, I got to do it. Yeah, you're definitely autistic. I take it back. But <laughs> what I said before, um, all right, she's threatened to have me taken away and put into foster care at least 60 times because it's too hard to her for her to deal with my disability. Ah, that's fucked. She's also actually called the police and lied to them so that I would get taken away. But the worst thing she did wasn't someone anything can even refute. She had me dragged to a party with a bunch of her friends on a Saturday night, and I was the only kid there. I was still upset about my parents' breakup and had some strong feelings about my dad. 
But mum thought of something to get the party off the ground and decided to play a little joke. She got me in front of everyone and told me that some random person I'd never met before was my real biological father. Oh, that's fucked, bro. And that the main... And the man who I had known for 10 years was just someone I had no relationship with. That moment set me into an existential crisis and I'm angry and tearing up just thinking about it. Yeah, dude, that'd do that. Autism or not, you, it sounds like you were young. Uh, yeah, sounds like you were young when you did this. Dude, that'd fuck anybody up. That'd fuck me up. If, I, if my mum did that to me now, that'd fuck me up. Um... It sent me to the existential. Blah, blah, blah. I spent the next half hour thinking about what I should, what I have to do, and what this means for me. Would I need to change my name? Would I have to visit this new bloke every so often? Would the guy who I'd lived with for a good portion of my life just disappear? It only really explained why he hated my mum. When I finally turned around and asked her why didn't you say something about this earlier, she just replied, "Calm down, it's a joke." What can I say that say to that? I don't have the presence of mind to ask how making a 10-year-old disabled... Oh, you were 10? Bro, that's fucked. That's a real cunt thing to do. Yeah, if any 10-year-old, disabled or not, would be really cut by that. That's a, that's a mean thing to do. Yeah, that's not cool, man. Um, I didn't have the presence of mind to ask how making a 10-year-old disabled kid look like he was full-blown retarded was in any way funny. I couldn't talk about it with her the next morning. She'd just tell me that I shouldn't have brought it up because it was last night, so I bottled it up inside me. I kept those feelings bottled up for six years, and then I saw a Facebook status by someone who said how much he loves his own mum, and that anyone who didn't say the same is a bad person, and I just snapped. Threw a chair across the room and said all that bad stuff in the opening paragraph. My question is, should I try and mend my relationship with her, or do I just get through the next couple of years with gritted teeth and cut her out of my life forever as soon as I move out of her house? Also, as a follow-up, would doing that make me a bad person? Awaiting your reply. Um, I'm going to call you Sam, because I can't remember if you wanted to be anonymous. Um, look, Sam, uh, that's fucked. See, the thing is... I don't pretend to be a fucking expert on autism, man. But, you know, I, I, I feel like um, I try not to give concessions to people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't feel like because you're autistic, you, she needs to tiptoe around you and all that kind of stuff. Like, you're, you're clearly, you understand what she's doing and, and what's, what she's done. Like, if she did that to anybody, autism or not, it had really fucked them up. And it sounds like you've come from like, you know, sounds like you don't have a good relationship with your dad either. Um, what I would suggest, man, is um, this actually, I actually did this when I was, when I was younger as well, when I was like 17, 18, and I was having a rough time. It wasn't to do with family. I just had no friends, right? When I was, no, it was, it was like 16, 17. When I was 16 and 17, and I was having a really rough time just being happy and finding my place in the world, I went to a, um, uh, a therapist that specialized in young people um, you can get, we, we got it on, uh, if you're in Australia, we got it on Medicare. You can get like, um, if you talk to the doctor and explain, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble with my happiness and my emotions, blah, 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 all that kind of shit. The doctor can actually prescribe you 
almost free uh, therapy sessions. And this is for anybody. You don't have to be autistic. Like, I got them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was just some fucking kid that I was just a little bit unhappy. You can get, like, five or so sessions for free. And then I'm pretty sure if the therapist decides that you need more, you can get more for free. And I, I only ended up going to, like, three. And it helped me so much. Like, it, it really helped me sort out in my head. Oh, I, I'm, I'm unhappy because I'm at school doing what I don't want to do. What I really want to do is comedy. Um, that's what I should just work on. And even if I don't succeed in that, it makes me happy doing it, so I should do it. And then I started doing it. It made me happy. Do you know what I mean? It just really helped me sort out my head. And just to talk to somebody who doesn't have an investment in the situation, I felt was so beneficial. Because, you know, you can talk to your, your, your dad about it, but, you know, he, he is the ex-partner of, of the person you're complaining about, probably the most biased person you could talk to. So, you know, I don't know what your dad's like, but he could just as easily go, oh, don't worry about your mum. She's just a cunt. I hate her too. She just, and then all of a sudden you're talking about his problems, you know? So I think talking to somebody who has no investment in the situation at all, like you could kill yourself and it wouldn't affect their life at all. Um, I felt that was really beneficial because that just gave you, you know, objective advice. Have you tried this? Why don't you do that? You know? that kind of shit. So, um, and I, I would imagine, I assume that you're diagnosed with autism. I would imagine that there'd be heaps of programs out there that, that would be even better than what I had that, that would specialize in people with autism. Um, so I would talk to, I would see if you could talk to like, um, a therapist, um, not someone who's, who's going to try and fix you or, or fix your behavior and stuff. Just someone to like actually just talk to and process your feelings with. Like, so, um, yeah, man, look, book yourself a doctor's appointment, go online, figure out where your nearest bulk billing center is, book yourself a doctor's appointment, go by yourself, talk to the doctor explain that you're having problems at home and that you think you, it would be beneficial to talk to a therapist and go and hopefully he'll prescribe you that shit and then you can get it done. Talk to your mum as well. I'm sure, you know, it sounds like she's done some cunty things to you, but I'm sure, she, you know, she said that shit about you being hard to deal with. I'm sure that she would be open to trying something that would, that would in her mind make you easy to deal with. Do you know what I mean? And then that should help. I guarantee you it'll help way more than emailing some fuckhead with a podcast. <laughs> That's for sure. So yeah, do that, man. I, I recommend that. And, and I recommend that to, to fucking anybody, autistic or not. If you're not having a good time, talk to uh, a proper therapist about it. Don't just post fucking memes about suicide. Go and talk to somebody about it. I really think that that shit is very, very beneficial. Um, and with that, I think I'm going to wrap up the podcast, guys. See, did my little good deed for the day. I was yelling about a whole bunch of things at the start, but I think we wrapped it up pretty fucking well, huh? Come and see me on tour. I would love to see you at the shows. Um, it starts on March 3rd. Every single show is over half sold. Almost every show. Fuck all people have, have booked tickets for Ballarat. So if you're in Ballarat... <laughs> please come. <laughs> but everybody else, it's filling up uh, pretty soon. So uh, that's, how, that's how you know that I'm not bullshitting. When I say tickets are selling fast, because everybody says tickets are selling fast, 90% uh, of people are fucking lying. So this is how I prove to you that I'm not lying. When I say tickets are selling fast, I fucking mean it. 
And you know that I mean it because I'll tell you straight up, Ballarat, I've sold 30 tickets. If you're in Ballarat, can you please book? It's stressing me the fuck out. <laughs> so yeah, all right, guys. Um, come see me on tour. Get tickets at lewspears.com slash gigs. Um, every city except for Ballarat is filling up. So please come. I would love for you to see the work. And I will talk to you uh, next Sunday. Or if you're a Patreon supporter, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I'll talk to you on Saturday because I release it a day early. So yeah, support me on Patreon. Give me a rating on iTunes. Give me a, give me a five stars. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Have a shit one.